Einstein once said, learning experience, everything else is just information. Hello everyone and welcome to Nerdy Optometrist, a podcast channel for all things optometry. This is your host, Ukti Vora. As we're talking about learning, I have a special guest who has an expertise in this domain, Dr. Frank Epergesi. He is the past head of an optometry school in UK. He has worked in independent and corporate optometry practice and had his own practice for 10 years. He specializes in pediatric optometry, binocular vision and low vision. He is also past interim deputy head of a business school and past professor in learning innovation. He is a co-founder director of the iTools professional development platform and since March 2020, yes, during the lockdown, when we were all struggling what to do, he was able to develop a community of 670 eye specialists with which he shares his resources derived from his 29 years of experience as an optometrist and educator. He has a doctorate in low vision reading, rehabilitation, an MBA and a master's in education. This is just a glimpse of vast knowledge of learning that he has. It's a pleasure and honor to have him on this podcast where we are going to talk about the fun behind learning and getting more experience through it. Thank you so much, Dr. Frank Epergesi, for being part of the podcast and a warm welcome. Thank you, Okti. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, we were just talking that this is my first podcast ever, and I'm very excited and 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 delighted to 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 be uh, to join your series of podcasts. That, it's a pleasure and it's an honor, and I I'm sure uh, the experience would be super fun for you as it is for me and all my listeners. So thank you so much for even you know getting on this uh, podcast and this episode. You're you're very welcome, um, and I'm I'm looking forward to discussing your, the, the the questions you have for me. And I'm looking forward to uh, doing some awesome, more learning. Awesome. Well, now we're all going to talk about learning and I'm going to pick your brain with your experience uh, throughout this episode. So let's see what I can learn and get information from your end. Starting with my first question is, uh, this is this is really close to me. How did you bump into optometry or did you always know you wanted to become an optometrist? How did your journey start? Uh, Thank you. I, I very much like the, the question, how did I, I, I bump? I actually think I did bump into a career as an optometrist. Um, your, your question has, has made has sort of caused me to reflect on my career pathway. And it takes me back to when I was 15 years old, uh, when I was at um, high school, mm-hmm. secondary school, and I had a, an inspirational geography teacher um, who who I just loved to listen to him uh, helped me learn about glaciers and about deserts and about rivers. And I still have mm-hmm. an interest in those things. Um, and it was through him that I decided that I wanted to do a degree oh, okay. in geology. And bear with me, I will get back <laughs> to optometry shortly. Um, so when I left high school, I went to university and I, I did a, deg- a degree in geology. I, I had this image wandering around a desert somewhere and discovering <laughs> emeralds um, I was later to find out that em- you can't find emeralds in deserts but but I didn't know that at the time um, so um, so I did a, a degree in geology uh, and then I, I got a job in London uh, where I was uh, as a geologist where I was working on uh, the ground where they wanted to build an airport mm-hmm. in the center of London a few other things and I was part mm-hmm. of a team that I worked for a small company um, 
wasn't well managed, and um, I was made redundant after a few months. I think retrenched is the word used in North America. Um, so then I, I found myself another job uh, as a geologist in oil exploration, and I travelled all over the world um, helping oil companies try to find oil gas. I loved it. And the problem was that um, we had to spend a lot of time away from home. Uh, I used to fly around on helicopters all the time. I loved, I love flying on helicopters, but it isn't particularly safe. And unfortunately, they do crash on a fairly regular basis. And of course, being on an oil rig isn't the safest environment Absolutely. to be working in. Um, I did it for about four years, and a friend of mine, a close friend of mine, who I'd sort of grown up with. Um, mm -hmm. was an optometrist and said, uh, Frank, you're doing wonderful things, but you're away so much and your friends miss you. Well, why not consider a, a, a career in optometry? It's nine till five. You're not likely to uh, die in a helicopter crash on the way to work. Uh, it's nice and clean. Um, and it's very interesting. So so I did. I, 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 I managed to get on to a, 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 a join an optometry school. Um, and then I did my degree. Um, and and from then on, you know, I, I've had this long career in optometry. And I absolutely loved it. Um, but the thing that I really like the most is that there's so much to learn. You know, the, the technology, there's the there's the physics, there are the lens materials, um, there's you know the refraction, the communication. It's such right. a broad area, um, and there's just so much, so much to learn. And I'm a, I'm a keen learner. Absolutely. Well, with the kind of pivot you had in your career from being a geologist to being uh, an optometrist with your master's, your MBA, starting IQs, I can definitely watch you are a learner <laughs> and you enjoy learning. But that's a huge pivot. <laughs> I, I had no idea about this. So that's a good, good uh, information to learn. Usually uh, from the stories I hear like, you know, with previous guests or even the friends, it would be, you know, you're debating which career you want to go into, you're, but you're somewhere into, like, medicine. But this is one of its kind. So that's why this is my favorite question, where I hear, like, all fun stories, mine, how they actually bump into the career. So uh, now talking about learning, right, uh, because you've been teaching and you have this experience of more than 29 years, and you now have uh, this amazing platform called iTools. I want to understand what was your thought process even before starting that? What, according to you, are the gaps in learning, especially, especially in optometry or eye care? Yeah. When I, um, I, I eventually became a lecturer at the university where I was um, um, a student, um, and, and what I noticed very quickly was that students who were joining in, in year one from high school, who had good high school exam results, were coming to the university. They were struggling to their learning and their exams at the university. And I think it's because uh, in high school, there's a lot more memory, memory work. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of, unfortunately, teaching to the exam. So really focusing on the exam and at university it isn't like that mm. you can't do well just by memorizing things you have to truly understand concepts and I think one of one of one of the issues with with university and college is I don't think the lecturers highlight enough that it's simply not enough to memorize some bullet points on a powerpoint slide that does not lead to good um, understanding 
you need deeper understanding, which comes from two things, I believe. Reading properly set out narrative, mm -hmm. by that I mean chapters in good textbooks and research papers. Um, so where it's properly set out, where there's a discussion and there are pluses and there are minuses, right. um, it, one needs to read those. And then secondly, reading is not enough. I think we need to properly engage with the information in books and papers. And what do I mean by properly engage? Well, I mean by um, uh, having, um, I, I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a great believer in using uh, paper. Mm -hmm. So having those chapters printed out, and as I read them, mm -hmm. I underline um, things, I highlight things, I add in my own notes, I add in, and I, I, I blend together what I've heard in the lecture theatre with what right. I'm reading in those, in those chapters and in those papers. And by engaging with it and reading it and being part of it, I believe that that, that helps with the learning. People sometimes think that if I just read it and read it and read it, then somehow it will, I'll understand it and I know it. And, and I, some understanding will come from it. But I think you have to do more than that. You've really got to engage with it. Um, and work with it and, and be part of it. And that will then allow you to convert the information that's there into knowledge and understanding. And, and then you'll be able to become a good practitioner and do the very best for your, your patients. You have to do the reading and you have to do the engaging to succeed at university and to be a good practitioner. That, that, Absolutely. That's I have to kind of highlight two things which you mentioned. One is reading, which somewhere I feel uh, not everyone is a, like a reader. That is a skill by itself, which is difficult to develop for many. And other thing is reading is not learning, which sometimes could be part of information which will stay with you. But have you mentioned like underlining, making your notes, trying to reread whatever you have read to make sure that you really understand and just not, you know, browse through it. I think those are really important things which you highlighted and I completely agree on that. Sometimes we just read or to mm. make sure, to just complete what we're trying to understand but not really engage in it. Yes, it's the engagement absolutely, that's the important absolutely. part. Absolutely. Now, talking about students, because, you know, you've been a professor, you are engaged with so many students and you're connected with them. How can a student uh, enhance their learning skills? Yes. Um, one of my other roles at the same university was I, after about 20 years, I, I moved out of the optometry department uh, and I moved into um, a section where uh, there was a group of about 65 of us um, and it, our responsibility to help the educators learn how to educate, so to help the lecturing staff learn how to teach, but also the other side of our work was helping the students how to learn. Um, so, some, so my advice would be is when someone is starting a new course, a new program, on day one of year one, that should be the day they start preparing for exams um, mm. not to leave till the week before or the night before but day one of year one they they, they should be already thinking i know this sounds a bit sad and a, and a bit nerdy perhaps but they should already be thinking about the exams on day one year one then i suggest that they turn up to everything every class right. every right. lab 
every clinic, every extra extra session that's offered, every evening lectures. Uh, again, when I was at optometry school as a as a student, there used to be evening lectures where I, I went and I learned things and I socialised with my friends, um, and I, I I met people from other universities and my my personal network. Um, I, I was always surprised when I was a lecturer at university the number of students who decided not to come to things on a regular mm -hmm. basis. They were paying tuition fees, it's quite expensive, um, and then they, were, they, were, they, they, they weren't coming. And to, to my mind, it was, a, it was a little bit like going to watch a, a movie, going to the cinema, paying mm -hmm. for the movie ticket, and then instead of going into the theatre to watch the movie, then going home or going to do something else. Uh, right. no, one would, no one would do that. Um, but but it seems to be quite common um, in universities to be paying those fees and then decide not to go to things. So turn up to everything. Make friends with your classmates, or some of them at least, because you never know, they may have practices in the future where you might be applying for a job. And if they, you know, if they know you, then that could be helpful in your application. I would also suggest that you talk to visiting clinicians um, again, uh, in the optometry school where I used to work, we used to have clinicians who had their own practices, who were working uh -huh. in, in practice, who came in for an afternoon or a day to, to help teach in, in some public service. Uh -huh. you know, establish a relationship with them again, personal network development. You never know, you might be applying for a job right. their practice. Um, one of the things that, um, uh, again, I found really valuable when I was a student um, there were three of us who set up a little study group. Mm. Uh, so, and I distinctly remember not being able to understand um, the, the the topic of colour vision. I just couldn't quite get to grips with it. And I sat down mm. with uh, these two people and I said, "Look, I don't understand all this colour vision stuff." Mm -hmm. um, and they explained it to me in in what I will call a student friendly words. And, and the penny dropped, and I, I could totally understand what was going on, and I understood the concepts, and it only took them about 15 minutes to, to, to go through it and using student-friendly words, and I understood. Um, and then there were things that they didn't understand, which, which I could explain. And there's two sides right. to that. Obviously, I can learn from them, but, but the very process of me teaching them helps me reinforce my own knowledge. Um, so teaching is, is a great knowledge um, um, re, re, reinforcer. Um, I, I think, again, you mentioned earlier on about, about going over your notes. Um, again, right. any notes that are made in, in class, to review those in the evening and at weekends, to look up words that you, you aren't familiar with. There are lots of, you know, there's a whole optometry language um, mm -hmm. often using words from uh, old Latin and old Greek, uh, you know, words like um, uh, juxtapose and, and, and even words like adjacent. They're not everyday words. So my advice to students was always, if you come across a word don't, you don't know, look it up. Mm -hmm. It doesn't only take a moment to Google it to get the meaning, write it in your notes. Um, and because it, it, it's so much more difficult to... Um, answer an exam question if, if there's mm -hmm. a word in there that you have no idea what that word means then you have to take a guess <laughs> it's not great to be gambling when you're um, answering exam questions 
And, right, absolutely. And, um, uh, and if your study group can't help you because they don't know, then make an appointment mm-hmm. with one of the faculty members mm-hmm. and go and talk to them and ask them. Um, and um, I, I don't think it's great just to like knock on their door because they're usually busy. I think it's more polite to maybe send them an email and ask for a face-to-face appointment. The other thing is get hold of past exam questions if you can or mm-hmm. um, model exam questions and write your own model answers and maybe do it with your, with your, with your study group. Um, right. the, the, the key is you know, review your work Make sure you understand everything. If you don't, then take action. Uh, and the other, the other thing that I really, and I, I, I still do this, I reflect on things that went well, and I understand why they went well. It, it, it's okay to reflect and say such and such a thing went well, but I think you need to go the extra step and understand why it went well. So then you can use that process mm-hmm. again um, and then reflect on the things that went badly um, right. and why they went badly and develop a process to avoid this happening again. So my example would be you're late for class because the public transport that you use was late. Um, right. the, the way to solve that is to, is to make sure that you get very early public transport and allow for the possibility of the, the, the bus that gets you there just in time, allow for the possibility of that running late. So catch the earlier uh, earlier bus. And that's just one example of reflecting and, and learning from things um, went wrong. Um, and my final, right. I think I've got two more points on this. When you get to the exams um, for exam mm-hmm. preparation, there shouldn't be anything left that you don't understand because you should have covered all of that in the months leading up to the exam preparation period. Right. If you can do that, you'll get better exam marks than your classmates. And of course, you know, it's a competitive business who wants to get a good job. And if you've got better qualifications because you've got better marks, then you never know, you may be the one that gets the job uh, for jobs. But one last point on this. Start all your assignments as soon as you get them. Make some sort of start, uh, even if that's just writing down the title and maybe a few subtitles, and keep the Mm -hmm. momentum going. Do something with your assignment every day. And before you know it, you'll have got some words down and that will give you impetus and that will give you um, joy that you've made a start and you see you've got some words down there. And keep the momentum. And if you're a procrastinator, I have a whole lecture on procrastination because it's very common for students and other people as well. Um, but if you're a procrastinator, then go on an anti-procrastination course or look things up online because procrastination it can be the killer for, for students. Leaving things to the last minute means poor quality work, missing deadlines. And if, if that's your nature, then you need to find a solution because procrastination will, will hold you back and it, it can Absolutely. really badly affect you. Thank you so much for being you know, so thorough with that question. And I have some uh, follow-up questions on that uh, just to kind of better understand your perspective. So as you rightly mentioned, the first 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 thing that you mentioned is you know, starting early from actually day one, the minute you start 
uh, your new course or like you know semester your first day start learning and making notes here is one thing which i feel i even struggled as a student when i think about it is initially you are all prepped up first day you will start writing notes you'll you'll read everything go back but during an entire semester of say six months you, there would be a time when you start falling out right where you're like oh you know you missed one day and then it just keeps backlogging and you might just feel it's oh you you've already lost track of it or the enthusiasm goes down and they're like oh you know what i've done it for like maybe month or two i missed for two months and they're like i i'll cover everything at the end how do you sustain it is my question that that's a very good question and it's very difficult to sustain uh one thing I can think of is to make sure that um, you get you, you get plenty of, of, of rest. Mm. So I've mentioned lots of things there about working, but having some rest and mm-hmm. having some other activities, I think is very important to keep fresh. Right. So, you know, make sure you have, if, if you can, have a mid-morning break, uh, even if it's just like for 15 minutes, get some fresh air, maybe walk around, look at some trees, and, and then make sure you have a proper lunch break. Um, you know, doom scrolling on, on an iPhone is not a proper lunch break. <laughs> go with some friends, put your phones to one side, have some healthy uh, food. I, I, I try and avoid myself bread at lunchtime because it makes me feel a little bit drowsy. So I'll have some f- fruit and vegetables, plenty of water, you know, a little bit of caffeine, perhaps a little, a little bit of coffee or right. tea. Um, and then again, a little bit of a break, um, maybe in the, in the, in the afternoon, again, maybe just 15 minutes. Um, again, making sure you're hydrated, that you're getting some fresh air, some sunshine, if you can, for the bit of tea. Um, and again, you know, studying until three or four o'clock in the morning is an absolute waste of time. And all it does is run down your immune system. Mm open up the the, the barrier to, 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 to disease mm. um so good you know sleeping for at least eight hours have a good sleep hygiene preparation before you go to bed no alcohol no coffee uh, and, and maybe at the weekend let your hair down and, and and do do those things sport is a good one if you can take part in in some activities right. i used to do a lot of badminton and it just has to be high level badminton or high level sport it may just be brisk walking with some friends. So I think socialising, being active, having a reasonable diet and resting and good sleep will, will give you the energy to, to stay on stay on track. Um, it's all about decision making uh, and uh, we, we, we can make better decisions, I mm-hmm. think, when we are when we're healthy and we, we have good nutrition. Um, and uh, you know we're, we're not overly tired. You know, trying to get through on two or three hours worth of sleep um, is just is 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 the road to catastrophe. What you rightly mentioned is creating a lifestyle or a healthy lifestyle, not just for learning but also for yourself, in a way where everything goes hand in hand. It's not just you know making your notes or reading, but making sure every activity that you do is around learning it could be sports it could be talking to your friends it could be healthy eating or you know doing some activities around it so if you have a healthy lifestyle along with a uh, practice which helps you learn every day is definitely a key i think that's that's a fantastic lesson that you shared 
another thing which Thank i you. loved you know from that answer is the power of group study i feel sometimes we underestimated but i know myself i had the same experience like we had a group of friends where my learning was best when i used to teach someone in my group because if they don't understand something i have to make sure i understand that topic or you know that subject thoroughly before i even start talking about it so that is a reverse learning and when they used to teach me i understand it better as well like you mentioned so that process yeah. is extremely powerful so i would highly recommend everyone to have a study group and according to me that study group should stay even after your college or your school because it's not that you you know you're there in the exam or like you're learning a course and then you're done especially in optometry and i care you're learning all your life so there might be something even in your practice where you have a question or you might not be good at learning from a friend or having that close group who can teach you would be very very powerful so just stay in touch and just don't focus only on exam learning just go beyond it because college or school is just a beginning but those are excellent not, points you know, thank you based on um, your experience what does the important tips and tricks according to you for you know practitioner to keep learning okay um so in the uk mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure in the us as well um in in the uk the 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 regulator right. the, the the national regulator um uh, forces um qualified optometrists to engage with continuing continuing professional development mm-hmm. so in, in order to yes. remain licensed um every year um, an optometrist has to conduct um a minimum of 12 hours worth of um accredited right. um continuous cp cpd uh, i mean to my mind 12 hours is <laughs> is is not not nearly enough but never mind um so so for everybody in the uk over 3 years they have to get these 36 points and it's logged and online um things and sometimes you can do face to face as well fine um but but that that to my mind that that 36 hours across 3 years is mm-hmm. the absolute bare bare minimum um and there are plenty of opportunities to to um i've got a diploma in orthotics from one of the professional bodies um in the uk and they do diplomas in um in medical prescribing low vision and so i would encourage people in in their in their area to to look at what other um um optometry okay. qualifications are available or maybe it's business qualification want um but to um and and again not to have that mindset where i i've finished my college or university right. program and, and i'm done i'm done with learning now i just need to go work and earn some money um i mean people need to earn money to pay back their tuition fees i i know but 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 one way to sort of force yourself to do some learning is to sign up for mm-hmm. a, an advanced a uh, course or an and of course the the bonus to that is when you get those qualifications you you could stand out from the local competition the local practices who don't have those those qualifications and maybe you can set up a subspecialty in your practice so there's the learning to get to to become better and that could have um, a positive effect Absolutely. on 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 business um and then the the other the other way is in practice you know there's new equipment and new mm-hmm. technology coming along all the time. So, um I remember when OCT first first appeared uh, in the optometry school in the where I worked um and it was delivered and the engineer set it all up and 
gave a few of us a tutorial. But then we sat down with the manual, went through the manual, and then we practiced on each other. We practiced on members of staff. We practiced on students. We practiced on volunteer patients. We practiced and we practiced and we practiced on that until we got good at doing it. And then we 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 learned how to interpret the OCT the, the OCTs. Because of course, there's one thing about you know getting the scan, but then the other thing is, well, what do what do I do now? I found something on the on, on the scan. So I think you know practice. And if you're unsure. Um, then ask another practitioner for, for, for help. Maybe you're working alongside someone that's more experienced than you. Um, you can ask questions about cases that you're not sure about. Uh, and you can ask them perhaps to observe you. Uh, and I know that people aren't often very comfortable with being observed, um, but you really just have to sort of um, you know, suck that up. And, and if you're not sure about something or if you've You've made a couple of mistakes in, in some procedure. Ask a qualified person to, to sit with you mm-hmm. with a with a with a with a demo patient, uh, and for them to give you a critical, uh, a positively critical um, right. review of, 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 of how you did. Um, so you know, sometimes you just have to sort of, you know, be 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 ready for that critical analysis. It's better to get that from a professional colleague than from than from a patient. <laughs> Absolutely, I think there's another thing which you I you had mentioned even earlier in your answer, in your response and even now is to first uh, understand what you don't know or what you don't understand, acknowledge it and work towards getting a better understanding around it. Because sometimes I do know what happens is you read or you took a scan for example an OCT scan and you like you believe you know it and you're like yeah I got it I got it and you move forward with it. But with an actual patient, when you fumble or you do wrong diagnosis or you don't understand a scan at that point, it could be very embarrassing, as you rightly mentioned. Like you don't want to uh, appear to be that you're not understanding something in front of a patient. So the sooner we acknowledge, sooner we learn from, you know, colleagues, friends, mentors, faculties, experts, the better we get. And that would be less embarrassing than, you know, doing something wrong. I agree. I think the word that comes to my mind right now is we have to Absolutely. be humble and we have to accept that we, 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 we don't know everything because it's mm-hmm. not possible. Um, that there are always new things coming coming along and we have to hum- be humble to accept. We, we owe it to ourselves and to the business and to the patients, not necessarily in that order, um, continue learning Absolutely. right through our... Now, talking about learning, I actually want to know a lot, a little more about iTools. Because that is another platform where you are focused on learning from basics to advanced. You have everything covered on that platform. Can you share a little more of uh, what iTools is, what to expect, and what was the idea behind it? Um, sure. Well, the, the idea came from um, my travels abroad as an mm-hmm. optometrist. Uh, I've worked, um, I've helped develop optometry programs in, um, in Pakistan in um i've done some work in tanzania i've done some work in ghana and i've done some work in the mm-hmm. in the middle east uh, and what i found was in, in many of those areas that the optometrists there were thirsty mm-hmm. for knowledge thirsty for uh, continuing mm-hmm. professional development but there really wasn't a great deal um that was available to um and i I know these days you can go on 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 to youtube and you can find things but but i I felt that i could do it i had a job 
um, than what was out there. So I, I, I started to think about the things that I'd learned in practice that, that perhaps weren't in the textbooks, that weren't taught to me at uh, in optometry school, things that I'd learned just through doing the wrong thing or not knowing something and something going wrong. So really learning through my 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 failures or, or, or learning through something that somebody said right. to me you know at lunch in a, in, a, in, a, in a meeting so bringing all that together so one of the elements of eye tools is is this element called question of the day yeah. so every uh, yeah. monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday i launch a question of the day a post um and uh, it, it it's based around a usually around a clinical question um and I use a, a blend of the, the knowledge that's out there, facts from books and papers, and, and I add to that my own personal experience of mm. that particular topic that, that's, that's in that question. So I try and make it as clinically relevant as possible. Mm-hmm. I try and make it so that when the person has read that question, that there's a, a possibility that they, are, that, that they can apply it, or that hopefully they can apply it Either that day or in the in the next few days, right into their practical work. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my, my whole aim is to be useful to practitioners to get better at what they do in practice, to be better with their patients in areas of the world where there isn't a great deal of what I would say is a re, you know good quality um, C, CPD. Many of the resources are uh, free to mm-hmm. access. You just need to, to register, um, but then we have the, the premium resources. Where, where there is a, a small uh, fee, where there are videos showing mm. um, techniques. Um, you know, there's, it's one thing about reading how to, 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 to carry out slit lamp indirect ophthalmoscopy, but if you can see a decent video of it, you know, that, mm. that helps with the understandings. Try to make it as useful as possible so people can apply that it straight awesome. away. I really like what you mentioned, that, you know, you are also trying to teach what you have learned from the failure because there's this one uh, saying which is like you know i've made my mistake why do you want to repeat it make new ones so <laughs> it's a good thing to you know share the the mistakes which are already been learned resolved and you have a solution for it yeah what one of the things i learned was or read somewhere was that mistakes make the best teachers absolutely um but and that's a good point but you do have to you that's where the reflection comes in that's mm-hmm. where the sitting down at the end of the day and taking and thinking what happened today what went well what didn't go well why did it go well why didn't it go well and and you do need to take that moment to reflect it it's so easy these days to rush from one thing to the next and one day to the next uh, without taking that time to think to think back um uh, and, and sort of analyze right, what, what absolutely. I think that reflection is very important, even not just for learning purposes, for your self growth, even from a practice, from you know after you complete your school, university for practitioners. At the end of the day, if you can reflect that these things worked well with your patient, with your practice versus these aren't, or these are the gaps, would be very useful. I, I completely agree on that. That is actually a takeaway message for me. I do reflect periodically, but doing it every day, definitely helps you improve consistently so thank you so much for highlighting that even during this conversation I'm like yeah i don't do that i should be doing it <laughs> <laughs> it, it only takes a few minutes and it, right. you know maybe jot down some things or keep a note of something um, and, and and you can do it um 
I mean, probably not when you're driving, but but I, I use public transport a lot. So when I'm, right. you know, coming home from, from I mean, um, coming home from work or on a public bus or on the train, I, I, I try not to be listening to music. And I just sit there and I look out the window and I think about what, what's gone on in my, in, 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 in my day. So, uh, or, you know, go for a walk. You, you can right. be doing other things as long as they're not too distracting when you are um, reflecting. Right. I often have my best ideas, I think, when I'm on public I, transport. I can surely assure you that everyone of us can, like, minimize at least 15 minutes of our social media time and use that for self-reflection. I'm sure we all have enough time, but... <laughs> that good could point. be one one good thing that to you know remember like it it actually takes 10 15 minutes because you have lived the day you actually know what you have done and what you haven't so now we did talk a lot about learning and you know i tools and everything now i'm going to go to a fun segment uh, which i call rapid fire which like any other game show that you might have seen is very simple just one rule i'll be asking you a question and you have to answer the first or the uh, first response or the quickest answer that comes to your mind so it's going to be super easy uh, so okay. are you all set I am, awesome. yes. Go ahead. So, because you do mention that, you know, you did travel a lot, which is your favorite destination? My favorite destination, um, San Diego in California. I absolutely oh love God. it there. I love that too. I can retire there, like when I, when I do. <laughs> the Hotel Coronado is absolutely, fantastic. Absolutely, Well, if you ever visit uh, San Diego or California again, please let me know. I would love to host you. All right, going going to the next question. Rank in order of preference, what do you enjoy doing the most? Teaching, practicing, or working on your entrepreneur uh, eye tools? Um, well, I think working on eye tools is a form right. of teaching. I, 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 mm -hmm. I like teaching um, because I can help people. But the questions that mm -hmm. come back to me from the people I'm trying to, 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 to teach, I have them. The questions that come back are often very useful in my own learning. So I think I think I think teaching is my favorite awesome. thing. Awesome. One hobby that you do when you know you're not thinking or doing anything in optometry. Um, I'm I'm a I'm a great reader. I've got I've got five books here next to me. Um, and they range from one book is about a man that walked across mm -hmm. Afghanistan. Um, there's another book about um, um, how to manage money better. There's another book about how doing things before breakfast. And there's a book about um, the, the 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 Norman um, the Normans in um, in in Sicily. Um, so so I, I like history. I like um, um, self-help books and i like uh, books about faraway places awesome. so i like to read uh now talking about books if we were to write an autobiography about your journey about your uh, experience what would you like to title it um <laughs> <laughs> that's a fantastic question uh, um um I, what would i like to I would I would like to title it something along the lines of um, uh, see well mm. to live well. Nice. It's important to be able to see well to get a good education. Unfortunately, in many countries, there are children who can't mm -hmm. see well at school. 
uh, their education doesn't go well. Um, and if their education doesn't go well, then usually their life right. doesn't go well. Um, so I'm, I always feel I always feel so sad when, for the want of a, of a pair of uh, low cost glasses, people's education is absolutely, spoiled. absolutely. Well, uh, last question for this rapid fire round is one thing if you would like to add or change in optometry curriculum, what would that be? Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what would that be? Okay, so uh, I, I'm, I'm not a great believer in um, mm-hmm. lectures uh, where, where you have the, the wise, what do they, they often call it, the sage mm-hmm. on the stage, um, talking to 100 or 200 or 300, and in, in the business school, you know, 500 students. That is not a great way to learn. Um, you can post um, that type of um teaching exercise online and then get the students together in smaller groups um, problem right. solve uh, to apply their knowledge um, to apply what they've learned um, 400 people in a lecture theater is not a great way to learn if you can bring people down uh, and of course it costs to have smaller groups but in groups of eight nine or ten and give them a problem to solve with the, with the, the information that you've given them um, that's a far, far better way of learning. Some universities do do that. There's a famous one in um, Carolina that, that's come up with this, this, this system. Um, but unfortunately, because it's cheap to have one person talking to 400 yeah. students, many universities have a very old-fashioned lecture format. Um, and, and that's what I would like to, to That to is change. fantastic. And I completely agree. Like A small group learning is definitely far more valuable than being in a class of 200, 300 people. Well, with that, we do end our yeah. rapid fire. Before I let you go, yes. one final takeaway message uh, for all my listeners. Um, don't be fearful of asking the stupid mm. question. You know, when you're sat there and there's something that you don't understand, um, but you're just so worried about looking mm-hmm. foolish by... Uh, uh, I mean, it took me some years right. to get past that, but I am now known the, as the person that will always ask what, what, and it's right. never a stupid question. It's usually a good question. And there are often other people in the class who, or in the group who, who, who say afterwards, Frank, thank you so much for asking that question because I didn't know the answer and I wanted the answer, but I didn't have the courage <laughs> to ask it. So thank you for having the, 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 the courage. Um, so, so really, just to bring everything together, frequent review of your learning, practice to be better, take the time to reflect and understand, and when things go well, understand why they went well, and when they didn't go well, understand why it didn't go well, and fix it. That, that would be my overall big Absolutely. Together. I think it was such a uh, learning experience for me this entire episode where there are a couple of things where I wish I did better in during my, like, you know, when I was doing my optometry uh, course, I think I would have performed better if I would have started those practice early. But as I said, you know, it's never late and you're learning every single day with, within your practice, in your school, you whatever work you're doing. So, yes. Uh, thank you so much for all those amazing, you know, learning uh, tips and tricks that you shared. 
for everyone who is listening i will be adding information about i tools and the link in the description so you all can definitely reach out and reach out to dr frank or just you know visit the website to learn more about those quick tips and tools that are available to make sure that you are able to learn and enhance and improve your optometry and eye care skills with that thank you so much dr frank for all your time and insights i really really enjoyed this episode Thank you very much. It's been a great deal of fun for me as well. And all the best with your future episode. Thank you. Thank you.